is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Come on then, Joe and Lou. They're going to read one of the Bible passages for us this morning. Um, because it's very long and I can't read that much. So, right, we're missing a microphone. First up, our, uh, our resident poet, Joe Gill. Um, this is from Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials to to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said, king they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace, then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot 
that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisers crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Think some whoops, some hollers, some high fives as they go back to their seats. Um, I'm going to read the second passage that Cathy and Chase asked me to uh, speak on because it's only one verse. It's a lot easier. It's Philippians 3.14. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You can see why I didn't do the other one. Right. It's a real pleasure. Thank you, Cathy and Chase, for allowing me to speak this morning. Um, I did ask them what they wanted me to speak on um, and they gave me a passage from the Old Testament and one from the New and the task of trying to knit the two together which I'm about to do so uh, shall we see how it goes now I'm sure you're all sitting there thinking I wonder what's happening in Burton because it would be silly for me to stand up on stage with Graham out of the room (laughs) and not take this opportunity to tell you about what's going on in Burton and I'm going to do this if you want to know you can look on the website there's now a tab that says Burton And on there, some guy called Matt writes this. We're really excited about what God is going to do in Burton. We're gathering a team of passionate worshippers who have a heart to serve this great town. Our vision is for a community built on small groups of people from all backgrounds meeting around the town that will encourage each other to fulfil their destiny in Christ Jesus through passionate worship, gifts of the Spirit and applying Jesus' teaching to our daily lives. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. I'm going to... I'm going to have a word with that, Matt. I think, he's, I think he's got something there. So if you are around the Burton area, if you know people who are not currently part of a church around the Burton area, please invite them. We meet on a Thursday evening, 8 o'clock, various houses around the city, uh, and we worship together, we pray together, um, and we drink tea and coffee together and eat biscuits together, which is good. So yes. So thank you for those of you who are praying us. It's great to be there. It's great to be meeting as a group. And one day we pray that God uh, will have us meeting as a church as well. Thank you. Right. Should we start with this then? That's in the way. I don't want that. Why did I bring that? Throw it away. Who needs that? Okay. So 
two passages that Kathy and Chase asked me to speak on. So first I want to look at Philippians 3.14. I've already read it, but as it's very short, I can read it again. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which he has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I just want to look at three things very briefly. Firstly, pressing on. Secondly, life is not in vain. And thirdly, being in Christ Jesus. Then we will have a short interlude and we will go on to the Old Testament and we will look at that as well. And we will tie it seamlessly together. And then afterwards, we're going to have a time of praying for each other. Uh, Certainly after Graham's word this morning, I think it's important that we respond to that and give people an opportunity to come down and be prayed for. Because there is something about stepping out. There's something about saying, yeah, I need this and coming down the front and being prayed for. So if that's you, there will be an opportunity. I'd encourage you to take it. Grasp it with both hands this morning. So Caroline will probably need some worship afterwards. So is that all right? Fantastic. Prior warning, we like it. Pressing on. Press on. And I was preparing, I just felt that's all some of you need to hear this morning. Just those two words. Press on. Don't give up. Don't throw it all away. You never know what's around the next corner. So I want to encourage you, if that's you this morning, take hold of those words. Press on. Don't give up. Don't throw it away. You never know what's around the corner. So if that's for you this morning, afterwards, come down, find me and we can pray. We'll pray that God will meet with you and give you the courage to press on. But let's look at the word Paul uses when he writes. He uses the word dioko. And it means to follow or to press hard after. It means to pursue as one does fleeing the enemy. To chase, to harass, to vex and to pressure. So when Paul says, I press on, he's talking about effort. He's not talking about him wandering through life. This is hard work as he presses on. Paul is talking about pushing through hardship, through hard times. And if you know the story of Paul, you'll know he had a few hard times in his life. He went through hardships. So my first question to you this morning, do you need to press on? Are there hard times in your life right now that you need to push on through? Is there a goal in your life? Is there something that God has spoken to you about that you're not seeing breakthrough in yet? So don't just lean on that this morning. The word Paul uses is to press hard after. So don't just lean on that door. Sometimes we think, no, that door's not opening. Maybe sometimes we need to chase it, we need to harass it, we need to work hard at it. But to do that, it takes perseverance. And perseverance is a most underrated gift. The trouble with it is that it's gained through trials and tribulations. Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says this. It says, But we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that bit. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now I know when you can talk about pushing on through, pushing on through life, you know, aiming high for these goals, there'll be some here this morning who getting out of bed in the morning is a real struggle and we've been through that ourselves Lou has been through times 
when just getting out of bed in the morning has been a real challenge. So I know what it's like. It isn't always this I'm aiming high, you know. Sometimes just pushing on through means getting out of bed and looking to God first thing in the morning. But this morning we want to pray for you. Again, a reason for having time afterwards is so that we can pray for you. Because that's not what God has promised. If your life at the moment is struggling to get out of bed first thing in the morning, think, that's all I can do. That isn't the life God wants for you. So we want to pray for you this morning. On the back of what Graham brought about hope, we want to pray that God would bring hope into your life. Proverbs 13:12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You can know God's love this morning. How do we get hope? Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So why don't you come and spend some time soaking in the Spirit this morning? Come down the front afterwards. We'll pray for you and then we'll let you go. We'll let you soak in the Spirit. And as God pours his love into you, so your hope will be restored. Soaking in the Spirit will do you good. There was no doubt about that this morning. It will do you good. So pressing on, it's hard work. It's not an easy thing. But we can do it together. Secondly, life is not in vain. Paul says, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. A prize, there is a reward, there is a prize this life is not for nothing, as they say. And apologies to you English teachers out there. But it isn't, is it? There's not no reason to life. Life has a reason. Life has a purpose. There is so much more to live for. There are blessings. Two types of blessings. Temporal blessings and eternal blessings. Now, temporal blessings are those blessings which God bestows upon sinful men living in a fallen world, flowing from his grace. Because God doesn't just love the Christian. He doesn't just love the good person. He loves and blesses everybody. And that includes you. So why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Why don't you turn to the person next to you now with a slight smirk on your face because you know it's true. You say, God loves me just the same as he loves you. <laughs> Go on. Come on, Sarah. You haven't said it yet. You were giggling. It wasn't funny. It's just, oh. John, you see, we need a more serious Sunday morning. Come on. can't have giggling in the church. Not when we're talking about God's love for us. It's very serious. Okay, straight face, Sarah. Turn to turn, say, God loves me the same as he loves you. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, unfortunately, that is one of the church's biggest secrets, isn't it? Why is it we tend to keep it so secret that God loves everybody and not just us that turn up on a Sunday morning, week in, week out? Because he does. He loves everybody the same. From the worship leader... Right the way through to the frog club leader, to the person who just sits at the back every week, to the mass murderer, everybody. He loves everybody exactly the same and nothing you can do 
can stop that or put an end to that or change that. But for Christians, it's not just about those temporal blessings because they're incomplete and they never come without a measure of sorrow. For some of you, your marriage will be a blessing. But as you know, that comes with trials and hardships as well. Children are a blessing. Chase, children are a blessing. Your wife's run away from you. What's that? What did you say? Not necessarily. Okay. Terrible. Children are a blessing, but those of you who have children will know that sometimes they can bring hard times as well. So these blessings on earth, these temporal blessings, come with hardships and sometimes with suffering. But as Christians, we know that there's so much more to life than that. We live for our eternal blessings, and these eternal blessings are full and complete. We live for the full and complete enjoyment of physical and material prosperity. We live for the full and complete manifestation of God's goodness and glory. We live for a full and complete absence of sin, the absence of Satan and the absence of death. So what is it we're living for? We're living for heaven, for that day, that great day when we get to join Jesus in heaven. So what of our current life? If that's what we're living for, what of our current life? Well, press on and no contentment. Contentment is the key. A.W. Tozer says this, the evil habit of seeking God and effectively prevents us from finding God in full revelation. In the and lies our great woe. If we omit the and, we shall soon find God. And in him we shall find that for which we have all our lives been secretly longing for. So maybe you're looking in this morning you're thinking, oh, I can have a bit of Christianity, but I don't want the other stuff. It doesn't work like that. Or I'll have a bit of, bit, of, bit of church, but I want this as well. Being a Christian is being sold out for Jesus, being sold out for God. There isn't an and with it. But in finding that, you will find everything that you need. So finally on this first bit, in Christ Jesus... Being in Christ Jesus is a magnificent reality. It is amazing what it means to be in Christ. It means to be united with Christ, to be bound to Christ. If you are in Christ, listen to what it means to you, for you. It means that all of the things that the Bible says are true about a believer in Jesus are a present reality and can be enjoyed in the here and now. So what are these things? Here's a quick list for you. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You are chosen before the foundation of the world. You are holy and without blame. You have been adopted. You are accepted. You are redeemed. You have forgiveness of sins. You know the mystery of his will. You have obtained an inheritance. You are his glory. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and your inheritance is guaranteed. We live this life out of our position in Christ, not trying all the harder to prove it. But 
Romans 8.15 tells us, For we did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now the word Abba, in Aramaic, here we go, corresponds to the emphatic and definite form of Av. It's emphatic and it's definite. And it's Av. Literally meaning the Father, or O Father. It was the intimate name used by children for their fathers and combined some of the intimacy of the English word Papa while retaining the dignity of the word Father. Being both informal and yet respectful, it was therefore an endearing form of address rather than a title and was among the first words a child learned to speak. Now, this morning I want to ask you, are you able to say that to God? Have you got that relationship with God where you can say, Abba, Father, Papa, Father? Or do you feel that that's a little bit informal? Is that a bit too close for you? If you feel that way, I want you to just think about how you see God. The trouble is quite a lot of people see God as this big, scary person. This Father Christmas type person without a red coat but with a long shining coat. Who's a bit scary because he sends plagues and he he does bad things and he lets bad things happen. But that's not the God I know. The God I know is loving, is caring, lavishes things upon his children, loves everybody. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you've never done it, say, Abba, Father, Papa, Father. Can you call him Daddy? Do you know him as that this morning? If not, we'd love to pray with you and we'd love to talk you through that. Because the God I know is so loving. Okay. That was our short interlude. Did you like it? Enjoy it. It was quiet, wasn't it? Let's go on to Daniel 3 quickly because I want to give time to pray afterwards. In the second passage, we see three men who pressed on the right path despite the risks and the dangers to themselves. So what can we learn from them to help us push on? Firstly, they honoured God. But there were some Jews, Jews, Jews? Sand Jews. There were some sand Jews. (laughs) There were some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Or Meshach, Yorshach and a bungalow. As my, uh, my old Sunday school teacher used to say. And pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of God that you have set up. They honoured God. Is God at the centre of everything that you do? God honours those who honour him. The third commandment says you shall not you shall have no other gods before me. You cannot serve two masters. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego knew that. They honoured God. They put him before everything. They put him before their own lives. So firstly, they honoured God. Secondly, they knew that God would deliver them from their enemies. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let fear stop you. 
Such a shame that fear puts a hold on so many things in the church. It does for me. We were talking about going um, treasure hunting in Burton. And I was thinking, no, I don't want to do that because it scares me in case I get it wrong. But one day we will. One day I will overcome my fear of treasure hunting and we'll do it in Burton. And it will be great because everything that we do when we follow God is great. And he will speak to people, he will change people's lives. But for now, fear grabs me because I don't like the thought of going up to somebody I don't know and talking to them. So, but don't let fear stop you. If fear stopping you this morning, again, come down and let's be prayed for. Get prayed for. Let's bind up this fear. Let's get rid of it so that we can live for God. So they honoured God. They knew that God would never would, would, would deliver them from their enemies. Thirdly, they knew that God would never leave them nor forsake them. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. God sent an angel to be with them. They knew that God would never leave them nor forsake them. Many, if not most of us, have probably been in a physical need at some time. All of us are in spiritual need. And we'll remain that way as long as we live in this body of flesh with its carnal nature, its lusts, phobias, hatreds and jealousies. But God does not abandon us. Never. We can always trust him to be there for us, no matter how hard or how far we fall. Hebrews 13, 5-6 says this. He says, Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. And finally, they knew that God can soften the hardest of hearts. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and have their houses to be turned into piles of rubble for no other god can save in this way. They knew that God could soften even the hardest of hearts. So I want to encourage you this morning, are you praying in situations? Are you praying for situations? Press on. Press on. Don't give up. We had this come at Life Group this week. I've been preparing this all week before and I just didn't, I didn't put two and two together because we were talking about the vision God had given us for the group to be a place of healing and a place of restoration. And John was saying, well, maybe we just need to push on. Because we've got two guys in our group at the moment who need God's healing. We've prayed for them a few times and seen nothing. But God really challenged us, John really challenged us on Thursday night about pressing on, keeping going. How many times are we willing to pray for somebody to see them healed? Because quite often it's three or four times and then we move on to something else. We think, oh, maybe it's not God's will. Let's press on. Are there things that you need to press on with with God in prayer? Come and join us. We'll stand with you. Come and tell us what they are. 
We'll stand with you and we'll pray. Press on to that goal. Chase and Kathy, it's time to wake up. I've got a couple of verses for you about bringing up kids. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. The New Living Translation puts it like this. It says, Direct your child onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And I was reminded that children learn best by watching. So I encourage you guys to be good role models for Leo. Press on well and continue to fight hard. Do not give up and your rewards will be great. And know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And he is more than capable. just really felt that for you guys and you know it, but I want you to seal it in your heart. And just let Leo know that on a daily basis, that your God is more than capable. Amen. Should we stand together? Yeah, Lord, I just want to thank you that you are a great and awesome and mighty and loving God who loves each and every one of us. And Lord, I just pray now by your spirit, would you come? And will you start speaking to people? Lord, where there are those that are struggling this morning, I pray, come and pour your love into their hearts, Lord, this morning. (coughs) And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And Lord, I just speak that back to you now this morning. God, we claim that this morning. Lord, will you pour out your love on this place this morning? Pour it out, Lord. This isn't a jug that gets poured out because a jug eventually ends. This is a never-ending river. So even if you've received God's love before there's a river waiting for you a never ending river of God's love poured out through his spirit Holy Spirit will you come now bring your love to this place Lord where those who have lost hope God I just pray that you would just pour out your love your lavish love your love never ending never failing sing a song and as we do that I want to encourage you if you need to respond this morning to come down the front and there will be people here who will pray with you for some of you it will be very short we will just need to pray come Holy Spirit let your love flow and then we will leave the rest to God because it is only God who can do it for others you may want us to Stand with you in some 
things we're praying for right now. We'll do that. For some of you, getting here this morning was as much of a struggle as you can cope with. But God doesn't want you to live like that. We'll come and we'll pray that God comes and encourages you and strengthens you. Sorry, I um, felt God speak to me through a passage uh, of Luke. It's Luke 5, 12. Um, and it says, um, A man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. I just felt that, I mean, leprosy is something that completely takes over your life, your body. It can completely destroy uh, your uh, nerves. You can't feel anything. It would have completely consumed this guy's life. Um... And he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can do this. And Jesus says, I am willing, be completely healed. And it's almost as though we can come and, and we're in our heads be like, this is a massive thing, it's changed my whole life. People don't talk to me, I, get, I can't go into town, I can't go to the shops. This, what, that's what this guy's life would have been like. And yet Jesus just says, I'm willing, be clean. And his whole life is different. And yeah, I just that God wants to speak to us and remind us that he is willing. That Jesus showed us who God is and God is willing. had um, two uh, pictures um, just throughout the service and um, one was of a lady and I got the, the name Evangeline, I don't know if that means anything to anybody and just saw like a, a meadow and just it was really light and bright and I just felt that God wanted to bring lightness and brightness to this person's life and it was a case of um, like new pastures, new meadows for this lady um, and the second one I just saw lots and lots and lots of books just kind of towering around this person and I got a sense that um, someone here who's just they may even know God but they're just kind of desperate to to find him in, in reading books or I don't know in a knowledge of God and I just got a sense that God actually just wants you to come this morning and just know him without all of the distractions maybe of that but just come and just to know him as again Abba Father this morning This type of word that God's bringing is very familiar to us if you're here on a Sunday morning with us and God speaks into our lives and uh, there's been some very specific words for people here and it'd be very easy to sit in your seat and think it's for someone else but actually God's speaking to us as a body today and he's speaking to us individually as well so we're going to sing a song now, as Matt's already said, and we would love to pray for people. There's people here, it says in the, in the Gospels basically that Jesus came, that the captives might set free. And we want to see people's lives changed here today. And that's what 
this family, this church is all about seeing people being set free to worship him in spirit and truth. So if you want to come down here, we just come down the front, we just lay hands on you, we just pray for you. Won't make a big deal about it. But it'd be great if you left here different than when you came in, because God wants to bless people here today. There's no two ways about it. So that's the last thing from the stage. Caroline's going to play a song and then we're going to finish that and then please join us for tea and coffee out there other than that. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.